0: I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer specializing in custom strategies to not just help you, you know, be okay through this transition, but I don't know, maybe even be better off on the other side of it. Because make no mistake at all, we are in the middle of the transition. And looking around everywhere, what did the world economic Forum tell us? It was going to be social. Hmm. Well, interesting things are happening in the labor market as well as economic. Okay. Well, we've got our, um, inflation. They've been trying to push that inflation, you know, be careful what you wish for, and actually be even more careful about what you do. And then thirdly financial. So let's talk about the LIBOR deadline because part of it was, yes, it was postponed until 2023, the biggest chunk of it in the hopes that the contracts would run off. In other words, mature and they wouldn't have to be transitioned into so far. But there is a, a LIBOR deadline that comes due on in a couple of weeks, twelve thirty-one twenty-one, and that is the mandate that no new contracts can be written attached to LIBOR. I still find it really interesting that in twenty twenty, when the Fed was going to uh, or did give out all of those loans to everybody that they tied it to LIBOR when they had the opportunity to tie it to SOFR. But okay, that's what they did. But as of 12 31, 21 there will be no new contracts written whose interest rates are tied to LIBOR. That does not mean that this game is over. It just means there is another step. And many, as I've shown you over the years, as we've been watching this whole thing evolve, many people are really concerned about that transition for many reasons, which we will talk about today. Now, when there is stress in the financial system, and we've watched this over the years as well, when that's when it's really going to fall short. Now, Don Wilson's company actually works in a lot of SOFR and LIBOR contracts. So he, I would definitely consider him an expert. And let's see, let's look at a couple of those past tests, by the way. We'll just look at the one that happened in September of 2019. The reason why this one is significant is because frankly, that was the result of the Fed attempting to raise rates and attempting to run off their balance sheet that started in 2016. So what did that do? that created another problem in another area in the repo market, the money markets, which we'll be talking about in another video. And we've talked about this before. So this is the LIBOR rate, and it stayed pretty se- pretty steady. This is the sofa rate and look at how that spiked. That would impact, well, right now, as you'll see in just a couple of minutes, According to the Bank for International Settlements, there are $610 trillion worth of derivative or worth of contracts that are, uh, no, those are derivative contracts that are tied to SOFR. What do you think that it would do to the market valuations of those contracts if you and when you get a spike in interest like that? On every side you've got a winner and you've got a loser, but something like that, if it was, if it was able to maintain that level would completely explode the entire derivative market. And I'll show you why. May not be on the next slide, but I will definitely show you why in this. The spike in rates is a sign that the fed lost control of the funding markets. No kidding. The fed is losing control central bankers in general are losing control and people, the public is losing confidence in the central bankers. And right now, as we know they are between a rock and a hard place because look at these, these are notional amounts of derivatives outstanding. Now LIBOR or so far, are also tied into all of the contracts that you and I might use on a daily basis. So your mortgage, an auto loan, credit cards, any kind of consumer debt that you would take on in your contract. It is if if you wrote one a while ago or previous to four years ago, then for sure it was tied to LIBOR. Within the four years, it most likely was tied to LIBOR because they couldn't, the government, this Federal Reserve, could not get entities that were issuing debt to issue it with so far embedded. So this became a big problem. And now, no new contracts after December 31st of this year. So, in a couple of weeks, because they've got to build that market. But the question is under times of stress, is that going to work or is it going to exacerbate the problem? My bet is that it's going to exacerbate the problem, but let's look at what would happen to almost 610 trillion. This mauve color, these are all interest rate derivatives that are all tied to, or most of them are tied to the LIBOR right now. They need these contracts to mature but there are going to be a lot of them that have not matured even past 2023. Does that mean that they can't jury rig something else? Of course they're going to, they don't want this eruption in the market, but here's the, but they're between a rock and a hard place here too, because the reality is, is when those contracts transition into SOFR, their value changes because it is a different index. But all of this risk is hidden in derivative products that are all leveraged because while the derivative, the notional amount outstanding has grown, the gross market value of those contracts has gone down. Isn't that interesting? So you know what happens. You never have anybody change behavior. You change how you account for that behavior but does it make it less risky? No, it just hides the risk. It just hides it. It does not make it less risky. In contrast to the market value, this is from a Bank for International Settlements report, a recent one. In contrast to the market value, the notional value of outstanding derivatives, contracts increased from $582 trillion at the end of December 2020 to $610 trillion at the end of June. Now, I didn't write the line you know, across it, but this 2016 is when the Fed attempted to raise interest rates and not add to their balance sheet. So you can see leading up to it, what happened and you can see the explosion in derivative contracts, notional anyway. And when you hear me say notional, when you hear anybody say notional, what that tells you is that nobody really knows the true value at risk. That's just what wall street has agreed. But with inflation, your 40 year highs and the new PPI index came out today, higher than expected so inflation is no longer oh well thank goodness they're not using the term transitory anymore but this is one of the reasons why i'm telling you that the fed is between a rock and a hard place because in theory anyway which is being tested right now um, if they want to slow inflation down they have to raise interest rates then people borrow less and spend less and therefore inflation goes down. Now, what we're experiencing is, you know, big part of it is from all of the money that the central bank has printed and put into circulation. And last time it stayed in 2008, it stayed in the Wall Street and the banking sector. This time they spread it around and so consumers used it. But guess what? They've used up their savings. And so now today, according to JP Morgan, they have on Cyber Monday, they have seen uh, more use of credit cards than ever in history. We'll be looking at that. But basically what that means is the public has run out of their savings. This is really a problem because what's also happening with these PPI and with inflation and the bottleneck, um, the supply chain bottlenecks is that companies that have been ordering a widget for their production, well, they keep ordering that widget. So everybody is ramped up as much as they can to handle the the increased demand that they're experiencing. While you've got your supply chain bottleneck, that bottleneck, will work, work itself out. And then we're going to have an most likely an overabundance of supply. But if the consumers have used up their savings, I mean, they will use up their ability to, to take on debt. Unlike a government that just raised the debt ceiling again. We'll talk more about that. Of course they have to, it's a joke anyway, because that's already money that they spent. But definitely understand that not just the Fed, but all of the central banks are between a rock and a hard place because they can't do what they would, well, we're not in normal markets. The system died in 2008. I don't care what anybody says. So since then it's just been a great experiment. And ever since these great experiments, all of these Unintended consequences pop up, and so it's like the little Dutch boy putting his finger in the dike, and before you know it, you've got all your fingers in the dike. What do you do when there's the next hole? And the and the LIBOR shift to sofa. That is a that's not just a little hole, that is a big, huge crack. So here we go. I love this. President Biden says, and I'm not getting political here, this is just about. The United States pays its debt when they are due. And that's why today I signed a bill to fast track the process to raise our debt limit. I don't know what exactly that number is going to be, but they're talking about $2.5 trillion, which would get us through next November. So roughly a year, which would be right after the midterm elections. Right? Are they going to stop spending? No, they're getting ready to spend a whole lot more. So that would be like you maxing out your credit cards and just going and getting another credit card, paying the old ones off with it and going, see, I pay my bills. But what you're also doing is taking on more and more and more unpayable debt. That's why hyperinflation is inevitable because it's the only way to deal with all of this debt. And everybody's doing it, it's not just one country. We're not going to change the behavior. We're going to continue to spend. There's always a reason to spend. There's always this be, this abusive behavior that Washington allows to get out of control. And then they have to go in and bail out these bad players. Rather than making them take the medicine, they've let them take all the gains. And the public and the taxpayer takes all of the losses. Yeah. Don't change behavior, just change the rules. And you can get away with that when you have control of the printing presses until all confidence is lost. That's really the key. Because one thing they don't want you to do is to protect your wealth. And I mean, I mean when I say that, it's the public. And so what you're looking at here are the notional amounts of precious metal contracts. How do you suppress gold and silver? You create a whole bunch of it that doesn't exist. When in reality, this is finite. This is finite. There's only so much. This is infinite until you can't do it anymore. Until all confidence is lost. Now, see, I've run out of money. Can the Fed run out of money? Heck no. They'll just push a button. And you got more and more and more. And by the way, just to make sure you understand the difference, that was QE. You want to see what a taper is? Just doing a little less. And it is an absolute flipping joke for anybody to say, well, yeah, they're, they're going to taper and they're going to stop tapering by mid-March. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. We'll see. They're going to try to. They have to for their credibility. And then that sets them up perfectly to start raising interest rates again. But they can't do it because of all of those derivative bets. And all of those contracts that are about to convert from LIBOR to SOFR. And I've done a lot of videos on this, so you can go back and you can look at all of them so you can watch this evolution. But what you really need to understand is even if they do this brilliantly and perfectly, even if they do, even if some miracle occurs, all of those contracts that remain in the system their valuations will change. Now, it'll be really interesting to see what the powers do that, that control the derivative markets and what they declare a default and not and all of that. But I'm going to tell you without one doubt in my mind, I mean, I am a gazillion percent certain of this. At some point very soon, all of their shenanigans, all of their tricks, nothing will work. It will be game over. And any wealth that you hold in this fiat money system will evaporate into it. You could see the stock market go to 10 trillion. But 10 trillion times zero is still zero because it's the purchasing power that matters. So do they want you to buy gold and silver? Heck, they don't want you to buy gold and silver because this is invisible to them it is out of the system there's nothing that they can do about it all they can do is impact what you think about it but if you go not just here but there are a number of sites that are that talk about gold and silver my good friend egon von graer's listen to this man he's brilliant he knows A lot of people don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by their trickery because they don't get to do that. In my opinion, they don't get to do that. They get to do this and they get to do this. So just change the rules to attempt to divert the next derivative crisis. So basically what they're saying, because there are a whole bunch, when, You've got to have everybody agree, but not everybody is going to agree. So what they do is they just change the law to deem certain references to LIBOR as referring to a replacement benchmark rate upon the occurrence of certain events affecting LIBOR and for other purposes. And all they're doing is postponing the inevitable. Maybe. We don't know that. Because again, if they're able to do this and pull this off and change all of those contracts, the valuation of those contracts change because it's a different benchmark. It's real simple. They change because it's a different benchmark. The valuation changes. That means all of those corporations, all of those banks that are holding all of these contracts on their books, all of the valuations change this is not going to be so easy peasy and no big deal and it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and and prevent us from understanding and knowing what's happening because how many people in msn main street media actually talk about this and i thought this was really interesting i'm going to read this whole thing to you But the House legislation would automatically shift contracts that would otherwise face a cliff edge scenario to a new benchmark with the aim of preventing disputes over which rate should apply. That means your mortgage, by the way. That means your car loans, by the way, your credit cards. How interested, okay, so preventing disputes over which rate should apply, how interest is calculated and how much is owed. It also includes so-called safe harbor provisions designed to deter lawsuits seeking damages. So they changed the laws without your understanding or knowledge that they changed the laws because they know that everything is going to change, but they're going to protect the bank's profits and you're not going to be able to take any legal action. What if they come up and you open up your mortgage statement and it says you owe a hundred thousand dollars more than you thought that you owed because of this change, nothing you can do about it. You can't sue them. You can't complain about it it's done legally. That's what counts in a court of law, not your perception not being abused. It's insane. I love this part too. We really appreciate this great bipartisan support. Now we need the Senate to move quickly. Okay, fine. Bipartisan Democrats and Republicans can't, can't agree on anything, but they can agree on changing the laws that impact you the most without your knowledge. These people that you elected. So you have no, everything's going to change. Even the amount that you owe, you have absolutely no recourse. But hey, the government, all Republicans, everybody came together and said, yep, we agree with that. Well, I don't. That's why I own gold and silver out of the system. This is how you vote. You vote with your pocketbook. Where do you hold your wealth? If this is okay with you, if you think that they have your best interest at heart and that nothing horrible will happen, hey, keep your money in the markets. Keep your money in fiat products. Let all of this shift in this control happen. And when you lose all choice, you can't blame. Well, you can, because what I'm really asking you to do is have a paradigm shift and that's hard for most people to do. That's why I get people, "Well, how can I convince them?" You know, you've been taught this garbage your entire life. And in order to accept what's happening here and to make that change, you have to admit that you've believed a lie your whole life. That's hard for people to do. We have to we have to be we have to empathize with them and be supportive. You know, I've had people tell me, well, that's their problem. If they don't see it, then I'm not going to do. No, part of community is you help those that, you know, are less fortunate. Less fortunate to be able to see the truth. So that is not what I intend to do, quite honestly. But bankers, investors, and regulators see such proposals as crucial to ensuring that a large swath of the U.S. financial system isn't disrupted. We do not want Wall Street disrupted, no. The move follows similar legislation in New York State to protect Wall Street. That passed in March. Good. Protect Wall Street. How about Main Street? Who is out there to protect Main Street from Wall Street and from these regulators? and a regulatory decision to extend key dollar LI- libors until mid 2000 uh yeah 2023 to allow trillions of dollars of contracts to die off naturally but not all of the trillions of dollars and nobody knows the level that's at risk federal legislation is vital to the success of the transition yeah it is you got to change the rules and put the public Right in the line of fire, right in the line of fire, the report language was drafted, blah, blah, blah. Adding that business groups support the bill and don't view it as government interference. Heck No, the government is being so supportive of these businesses, bankers, investors, regulators, corporations, private for-profit corporations, that are now ring fenced. You can't even sue them. Can't do anything about it. Yeah. (laughs) They don't view it as government interference. I do. Because in a true capitalist system, when a corporation makes a stupid mistake and fails, let them fail. You're not too big to fail. I'm not too big to fail. I mean, we are to our families and to the people that we're there to support. This is what really pisses me off because I got to ask, is this really? I mean, they'll say, well, we've got to do it because of all those people that have all this money in their retirement and their pension and all these corporations, we want them to hire people. They'll use all of those excuses. But the reality is when this garbage first came out, that's why I'm not a fan of Larry Summers. Because when they were first starting to transition derivatives from a real tool, like, hey, I'm a farmer and I've got to sell my crop in September and it's January and I have no idea what my crop is going to do, what the weather is going to do. So I want to make sure that I have enough money from this crop to plant another crop next year. Well, that's a derivative that, has a lot of justification but they transitioned it from that into speculation. And Larry Summers like, yeah, they don't need oversight. Fed chair uh, Greenspan. Yeah, they don't need oversight. Yeah, They'll police themselves. Yeah, right. Right into a gutter. 2008 was the second one. And again, Here's the difference between the behavior of SOFR and LIBOR. Okay, the black is the LIBOR, which when there was stress, the interest rate went up, indicating the stress. SOFR, nope. Down and flat and it's lower. Yeah, that'll that'll let you know. LIBOR and SOFR trend in the same direction except during crisis. Good, that's the beginning of of the crisis that we're in right now, the Cerveza crisis. The early days of the pandemic helped illustrate that. When COVID fear ripped through markets in 2020, three-month LIBOR spiked as lending markets locked up. But the comparable SOFR fell, dragged lower by the Federal Reserve slashing interest rates. In other words, SOFR did not reflect just how challenging credit markets were. But damn the torpedoes, we're moving ahead. And again, make absolutely no mistake, every single contract will be impacted by this shift. So there's a shift that already took place in October. Now we've got another one that's coming up. They're trying to do it small, incremental, so that it's not really disruptive. And so far, you know, I've, I've got to say they they've done a pretty good job at keeping it invisible, reasonably invisible. I'd say invisible to the general public, not so invisible to the guys that know what's going on and they're concerned. And of course, central banks, despite modest Q3 buying central bank demand looks on course for a strong year. This is just one, two and three, right? It did its job. So we haven't seen the fourth quarter yet. It's did its job. Gold did its job in 2020 by being there in reserve, in savings to help some governments get through what they've had to get through so far with the, with the pandemic. This is just through September 30th of 2021. We'll see what the fourth quarter is because that's physical gold. Those that understand money own gold. I own gold. I own silver too. Different things. But both of these, real money. Because financial shields are made of metal. Not promises. Not paper. Paper burns up, blows away. And if it's in the system, if it's not even paper, if it's just a digit, that's a button push. Bye-bye. Is that what you've worked for your whole life? Because that's not what I've worked for my whole life. It's not the situation and the circumstance that I want to leave my children and my grandchildren in. And let me remind you, the Bank for International Settlements says, the most widely recognized feature of gold is its potential value in highly averse scenarios. This, my darlings, is a highly adverse scenario. Everything that's going on, all of the inflation, all of the garbage, I mean, come on, all of the money printing, all of the money printing. Uh, I'm out, but the Fed's not out. But they may be out of your confidence. I know, I have no confidence in them. I have confidence to try and keep this going as long as they can. Because if the deal is to go into the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies, it doesn't seem like they're ready yet. But time will tell. And I'll tell you. So next week, I am really happy to have my very dear friend. I just love him. Gerald Salente coming to us. I think he's still in New York on Coffee with Lynette. And, And, you know, I mean, that's always a fantastic conversation. And then if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe, hit that bell and we'll let you know when we're going live because my preference is to always do these live and, and I, we definitely do the lion's share of these live. If you like this, please give us a thumbs up, make sure you leave a comment and make sure that you share, share, share. And lastly, if you have not done so already, start your gold and silver strategy. Just click that Calendly link below and set a time to meet with one of our consultants. Because it is gold and silver as the foundation, but I, I'm hoping it's obvious to you by now that you need even more than that. That's the foundation, but you also need food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter. And until tomorrow, Please be safe out there. Bye-bye.